What's going on, everybody? It's day five, and oh, man, it's the last day. I'm not happy about that. And if I was there in person, I'd be asking you all type of questions, like what did you learn this week? Go through the five days and kind of see how we've evolved and what we started and what did we learn and all those good things. But unfortunately, we're virtual. Unfortunately, this is the end of our week. So, but not to work. Today, we're going to have an amazing time and we're going to talk about something that is really interesting and it talks about a story from the Bible. And I'm going to start by sharing my screen with you so we can begin there. Start here. That's not the first one. Boom. Today, we're talking about the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son is one that many have heard or many of you may know. If you don't know and you haven't heard of it, well, not to worry. We'll break it down and make it really plain for you. The prodigal son is an amazing story to me because it means a lot to me because it, it really mirrors a lot of my life. And today, the last day I wanted to share with you because I really want to drive home the real idea of taking a journey with God and understanding it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be anything other than what you and God make. So today I want you to wrap your minds around that. But first, let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you for this story. Help us to truly understand it and truly take another journey with you and understand you more. We love you. We thank you for this opportunity to get this information and share. Amen. All right. The prodigal son. Technically, the prodigal son is what we call a parable. A parable is a nice way of saying Jesus made information so simple that anyone could understand it. And it was a story usually. If I'm honest with you, that's kind of how my ministry works. I do the same thing. I like to tell stories to basically make it easier for people to understand what I'm sharing with them. So today, without further ado, let's jump in a little bit deeper and kind of figure this whole parable about the prodigal son and how it relates to my life and how you can understand it better as you take a journey with Jesus. What's up? He lives in a good home. He has money. He has access. He has all these different things. But somewhere deep inside, he wants more. He thinks he wants more. He wants some type of life that doesn't exist where he is. As he gets up, he, he goes to his father and he says, listen, man, I want more and I, I don't want to be here anymore. I think there's something different for my life and I want to go figure it out and I want to find it. I'm sure his father was very sad, very, very, very confused because he's, he's giving him everything. But his son wants more. Now I want to share with you my story. See, as a young boy, I grew up the opposite way. See, I didn't have a lot of money. See how you have these kids with Jordans and Reeboks, Adidas, and all these nice things I didn't grow up with. I wasn't poor, but I definitely didn't have a lot of money. So I was on the other side of the story. See, he had everything, so he thought. Uh, not so he thought, he did. He had, they had access, they had money. 
And I was on the other side of the spectrum or the view, and I didn't have much of anything. I didn't get a pair of Nikes until probably I was what, 11, 12 years old, and I bought them for myself. I didn't have my first cell phone until I got to college. I know some of you are laughing like, did you hear that? Until you got to college. Yeah, I didn't. So what you see here is what I thought in my mind was, hmm, I want to be famous. I want to be rich, but I don't want to go to jail. How can I do that? See, unlike the prodigal son, I couldn't go to my parents and ask for an inheritance. I had to work for whatever I wanted, but I wanted more. I wasn't happy with just having average. My avenue would be sports. As I explained to you guys before, sports was my thing. All I did was sports. Because I didn't feel confident in education and how school was for me, I decided sports was the only way to go. See, the thing about it is you have to be very careful. The devil will trick you into thinking that some things are for you, but they're not necessarily for you. I know now, you hearing me speak to you now is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I'm supposed to be sharing and helping people to understand God on a better level. But I went down a different path, which is okay, which is fine, because that's the beauty of God as well. He still loves you, and he'll still love you to that space. But let's see what happens with the prodigal son and even my story. Oh, here we go. The prodigal son takes his money, and he begins to spend it, and he begins to live this lavish life. I can imagine that he probably went to... Maybe he was in a Christian home. Maybe he was in a, a confined home where he couldn't do all the things he wanted to do. He couldn't be at all the places he wanted to be at. He couldn't, you know, do some of the things his friends could do. As Seventh-day Adventist kids or as believers, there's certain things your parents won't allow you to do. So I'm sure all of you can relate. When I was young, I couldn't go to the movies. I couldn't go to certain places. I couldn't do certain things because my parents said I couldn't. And you guys are at that age where you get the same restrictions. So imagine that building up all of his life, all of his life, all of his life. And now he has the opportunity to go away. Well, what do you think he did? He did exactly what he knew he couldn't do. He went out, he had parties, he began to drink. He began to, he began to live the life that everyone around him so he thought was living or what he thought he was missing out on. You know, even though he was on that spectrum where, or the space where he had everything, in my spectrum of not having, I worked so hard to get on his side to having everything and begin to live the same way. I hope I didn't confuse you there. And I want to say it again very slow to make sure you understand. I went from a space of having nothing because I was watching and looking closely at his space of having everything because I thought that's what it was that was for my life. But what I realized, we both were wrong. See, as you see in this picture, I'm in a party. I'm the life of the party. We're in VIP. Everything's about me. Everybody's attention is towards me. It seems as if everything is great in my life. But the truth of the matter is, in these parties, 
was so dark. I was alone. One of the scariest things to be in life is alone with your thoughts. And along with my thoughts, I began to think about how my life was just off, off track. Things never added up. I had good jobs. I was making good money, but I couldn't find a good woman. Well, maybe I could find a good woman, but I would misuse her or I would do bad things. Or in my professional life, there was a great job and maybe I, I should have gotten it, but I wouldn't get it because some things in my character weren't right. And I, after a while, it becomes stressful. It becomes frustrating. It's like, well, what's wrong with me? Why isn't life working for me? And when I tell you I had access to things, guys, this is me with a monkey. How many of you guys have had the opportunity to have a monkey? Just living a different life. And it would seem to everyone else that I lived the perfect life. But one thing I used to tell my friends is, you have no idea what my life looks like. You have no idea what my thoughts look like. It seems like I live a great life to you now. But sometimes I wish I could trade with you. And they'd be like, what? Are you kidding me? This was my life. Alcohol, going out, constantly looking to find myself. Don't get me wrong. I don't think any of you would be as crazy as I am. Or I was. And look for all the wrong things in all the wrong places. But that's the trick. The devil wants you to want more of what God doesn't have for you. And when he lures you in, then you're in a space where now things can get shifted and twisted and turned around right before your very eyes. Some point, prodigal son, the money ran out. And the sad thing is, when the money ran out, all the friends ran away too. See, the people he found that he thought were so cool and they were his people and they loved him. Well, they, he found out the hard way that they loved him for what he has and not for who he was. I know you guys are the middle school age and you're going through this right now. One of the biggest things is identity and, and wanting to be a part of things and wanting people to accept you. What I'm saying to you is first, love yourself. Love being who you are. You don't have to be somebody else's favorite. You don't always have to gravitate to an idea that other people want you to be. You see, he's finding out the hard way. Look at him. Look at those pigs. He went from living with his father in a mansion, in a great space, to now being in a pig pen. This part of the journey is called, this is when the devil hit you and he puts you in that space. And now you're mentally so gone. But guess what? Even in the pig pen, he begins to think, man, I guess no way. Why would I do this? My father did everything for me and my brother. Why am I here? 
The beautiful thing about God is even when you get into a space that may not be the space that he wants for you, he still wants to love you and love you so much that he's saying to you, hey, you know what? I get it. You made a mistake. I get it. You're in this space. But you can come home. There in the pig pen, this young man decided, listen, I need to get back home. I want to take that journey. And I know it's a far journey. I know I'm far from home. I know I'm not living the life I wanted to. I should. But I need to get back home. And he decides, I'm coming home. Let me tell you. It's one of the hardest things. Sorry. To come home. You've been living in a space where you've been independent. And now I know firsthand that when I decided to turn my life around and leave the alcohol, the women, and all the crazy things I was doing, I didn't think that that I'd be welcome. You see this father here. The Bible says the father went out every single day looking out for his son. That's amazing. The father's out there. And one day the son finally makes his way home. Imagine, he took his inheritance, he walked away, but yet the father loved him so much that he went out every single day. And the day he saw him, he, he didn't just wait. I want you to see this. He is anxiously running to him as if he never left or he went away for a little trip and now he's coming home. The son begins to break down and cry like, listen, dad, you know, I I'm sorry. Uh, I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve. Hey, maybe you could just make me one of your servants. Maybe, maybe I could just work for you. Dad is looking at him like, oh, you're kidding me? Well, when you look at my life, that day came when I went and got rebaptized. And let me tell you, I've been in some dark places. I've seen some things that I pray none of you kids ever see. But this picture is an example of you're never too far. I want to take this off because I want you to see my whole face now. People told me I was crazy. People laughed and said I wouldn't make it as a believer. People knew what my weaknesses were and they openly said it about me. But sometimes you have to just believe what God wants for your life more than what people think about your life. Let me tell you, I want to pull that picture up again. Probably one of the scariest moments in my life is going down in that water, knowing that coming up, people expect to see a change. Here's what I want you to think in that space. You know what? People will expect to see a change, but make sure you're taking that journey with Jesus to the change that you want to be and the change that he wants you to be.
Let me tell you. What's to be done with the prodigal son? Welcome him home with, with open arms, throw a big party, invite your friend. Our boys come back home. That was the father's thought. He didn't even blink. He was like, my son's coming home. Forget that. Like, I don't care. Like, we're throwing a party. It's crazy. When I begin to walk and get closer to God, things begin to change for me. I found my way. And I know you guys are young and you're far from that, but I just want to take you through the journey and allow you to see the progression and how God thinks. I thought I was just far gone, far removed, but God saw that there was someone for me he created and he would give me a wife. He would restore me with my family. See, my daughter and I, we didn't have the greatest relationship for the longest while. The young lady, uh, you can see when my arms around her shoulder. Even my sister, to the far left. We didn't have the greatest relationship, but that's what God can do. He can restore, even when you do wrong or when you don't do what you're supposed to do. He restores. Guess what? I thought my life's goal was to win on the court. But as you can see in the picture, this is what I do now. I speak and share because that's what God wanted me to do. That was God's purpose for my life. That was what I was born to do, is to share truth. But I've been allowed to go through so many things and, and learn so many lessons in so many situations that God has protected me from. But in the end, I'm doing now what I'm supposed to be doing for God. So what are you saying? Jesus told the story of the prodigal son to make a simple point. Never mind what you've done, just come home. I don't know about you, but that's super powerful. It's almost like he's saying, Listen, I get it. You've done some bad things. I get it. You, you, you strayed from my will. I get it. It happens. But in the end, I died for you. I gave my life for you. Come back home where you belong. Listen, young ladies and young men, I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what you're going through, but I do want to give you the opportunity this week to give your life to Jesus. I know pressures of school, pressures of all these different things are around you and it's constantly, you know, weighing on your mind, heavily bothering you and affecting you. But today, right here, right now, I want you to silence all of that. And if you need, make the commitment today to take the journey with Jesus. I don't know how we can do this virtually, and I don't even know if I'm allowed to, but I just feel the spirit of God reminding me that I need to do this. And I want to give someone the opportunity to give their life to Christ. I'm sure the personnel will, will give you the information of how you can do that, but I want right here, right now, if you feel that you want to take that journey with God, whether it's through baptism or whether it's to reconcentrate your life to God, 
want you to make that decision right now. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the story of the prodigal son, which shows us your love, your love, your mercy for us is eternal. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Thank you for allowing me to share with these young people some of the crazy things that went on in my life, but how you preserved me. And even when I moved from the path which you had for me, you still put me back where you needed me to be long term. Thank you for all of these young people who will give their lives to you, who have said, I want to commit and take the journey with God. Seal their decisions. In Jesus' name, amen. Solomon Phillips, falling out of control. Thank you so much for having me with you guys. And God bless you, especially you uh, guys who have decided to walk with Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior. 